Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, you're listening to the first ever episode of Weird Tales and the Unexplainable with me, Bob Shoy, uh, Adam Tiss, yep. and Beef. Hello. And the idea is that every week we're going to focus on a different topic of um, anything to do with the unexplained, um, but with a variety of opinions, because um, we're not all actually believers, we just like weird stories. So this week is just episode one, a few weird tales to get our heads around, and we're going to cover the paranormal, the spiritual, the extraterrestrial, conspiracies. Am I missing anything? The scientific. The scientific. All unexplained. All unexplained stuff. Sounds good. So, um, and basically, we, we've known each other for quite a few years. Um, I went to school with both of these guys, and I was actually you. more so with Beef. And then Tiss, I was used to be in a band, and he became our drummer and integrated into our friendship group from that. So we've all been good friends for a long while. And uh, yeah, we just want to... Basically, the premise is like, I like a weird story. So I want to be able to say, I don't believe it, but I can't explain it. Yeah. That's basically it, right? Yeah. Okay, let me just, so I just kick off with a weird story then. Yeah, go for it. Have you ever heard of The Man from Torred? The no. man from Torred. Torred. Right? You're going to say, "Where's that?" That's the that's the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in 1954, um, uh, a, pl- a plane arrived in Haneda Airport in Japan, right? And a guy got off, middle-aged, neatly dressed Caucasian, and when he was going through customs, he they asked his country of origin, and he said Torred. And they had never heard of it. Okay. He gave him his passport. Country of origin, Torred. Country of origin. Yeah, country of origin, Torred. Had stamps in it, visa stamps from all over the world. Um, and they were like, "Where? The, where's Torred? Where's Torred?" And he said, "What do you mean, where's Torred?" And he sort of pointed to it on a map. And the map he was given Torred didn't exist, obviously. But where he pointed was um, just on the border of France and Italy. Right. Okay. Okay. And um, so that obviously they think something's going on. They call. He's like, I've got a hotel reservation. I've got a business meeting in the morning. Like he's getting like irate. Like what are you talking about? Mm. Um. So they call his hotel reservation. They've never heard of him. They call where he's got his business meeting. They've never heard of him. 
And he's like, this has got to be some sort of practical joke. He spoke primarily French, a bit of Japanese, and a few other languages as well. He's very, he was like a really well-travelled guy. Anyway, they didn't know what to do about the situation. Obviously, it's um, a unique situation. Mm. So they, he was given a room at a nearby hotel for the night because it was getting on in the evening where they worked out overnight what they would do with this guy. And they was, he was under guard overnight. <clears throat> Next morning, they're in his room. He's gone. All the documents that they'd taken from his possession, the passport and everything, they'd put in... Um, like their lockups and stuff mm. was missing passport driver's license personal like information and stuff was gone and no one ever heard from him ever again that's really um, odd it's like if that happened 10 years ago mm-hmm. it might have been an episode of Trigger Happy TV <laughs> or one of them like you say like a, a prank thing like mm-hmm. you've got loads of them now but when was it 1954 1954 yeah and the the idea is that people say that he was from a parallel universe. He like slipped into ours and back out of it. Right. That's really odd. Well, and all his things slipped out of his. Yeah, everything that he was, had, they took off him, was gone. <clears> hmm. <throat> think about that. Interesting. <laughs> that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like you hear these things and you're like, "What can I say about that?" <laughs> yeah, but. So what, what was your source? Where'd you get that from? I've, I've actually known about this story for quite a while. This is a um, like one of those renowned tales that go around. It's been around for a long time. It's been documented a number of times. Um, I just this was just a collection of different stories I'd heard about it and I looked up online and got a bit more information. But that's that's like the story everywhere reports like similar circumstances. See, what I would usually do with with <clears throat> stories like this is I like watching. One of my favourite things to do is just find stuff like this on YouTube mm-hmm. or just go on Netflix and find creepy like documentaries. And I would then start to... At first I hear that and I'm like, wow, that's really weird. And then I'd, I'd go through the details. Like, okay, so it was in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I don't believe... I don't know. I'm not saying I believe it less because it was in Japan. But we all know Japan's full of crazy stuff. Right. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> So this is like a a, a well known urban legend. Then. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's that's you know we haven't really got a topic this week because it's the idea is there's going to be a different topic every week. Um, so this topic is just like urban legends, renowned stories. Okay. That um, I've heard of in before things I've heard of before in passing, and I've just dig a little bit deeper into them and relay them to you. And some of them you may have heard of, some of them you won't have. Um, but the Mount of Toro, this is a story I've always had a bit of a fondness for. Just because I love um, anything. If it's parallel dimension shit, yeah. I find that interesting and weird. And this is sort of probably the most renowned tale of parallel dimensions, dimensional travel that I know about. So that that is... Um, stuff like this is, is really now, isn't it? Because of like films like Interstellar and things. Mm-hmm. It's like people are really, really interested in it now. So there is an element of science involved as well, isn't there? Yeah. I don't know how much. I don't really know much about science. What do you think about um, parallel universes, Tess? Parallel universes? Yeah. If this is like interdimensional travel, a parallel universe, is that something you take any stock in? Because there's a scientific uh, principle, isn't there? That that, that exists. Every choice that is made creates another parallel universe and there's alternate universes 
for infinity for every outcome of everything. Yeah. It interests me, but I don't know enough about it. I watched... Um, yeah, if anyone's interested in parallel universes, there's a very interesting documentary about it. Um, the band Eels. Yeah. The main guy from Eels, E. His dad, Hugh Everett III, is the guy who... he's a, He was a scientist, and he's the guy who came up with the parallel universe theory, which is now... Really? Taken up, yeah. Oh. And um, E was never really close to his dad in life, but... After his death, he decided to find out what his dad spent his life doing yeah. and tried to learn all about parallel universes and stuff hmm. to become closer to his dad in that way. I feel like he knew something more about his dad. Yeah. And the whole documentary is about him learning about his dad and learning about his dad's theories. And it's called uh, Parallel Worlds, Parallel Lives. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. You have to um, check that out. Yeah, that's worth a watch. Let me just check that's what it's called. While you're researching that, can I share a parallel universe story that I... Something weird that happened to me in an airport? You definitely can. One second. It is called Parallel Worlds, Parallel Lives. Go on. Um, When I was in... I was travelling to and from Mozambique. Um, I was coming home and had like a really short layover in um, the city of Maputo, which is in... It's like right on the southern border of Mozambique okay um and so I, I we had like a little layover I got back on the plane which was going to Johannesburg when we got to Johannesburg I realised that the plane like the journey had taken so much longer than I thought and I was rushing to get my plane back to London mm-hmm. and I was really starting to panic and think I can't get stuck in South Africa like, it's one of the worst places in the world to get stuck and I was really really rushing and I was like struggling to sort myself out and eventually ended up missing that flight back home so then the airport put me up in a hotel stayed the night went back in the next morning and you have to pay your departure tax again even though I'd paid it the day before to get out of the country the day before I had to pay it again and I had no money I had nothing on me and um, this guy started walking towards me and he had like just like all dressed in white like a white suit and he just came up to me and said oh how, how much is I said oh it's $20 and he could see I was really flustered and he said, look, there's there's $20, let's just, you know, you just want to get on the plane, I can tell you're tired and you've had a, a, a rough journey, so there you go. So we kind of, I went and paid, I thanked him, saw him again in the waiting lounge, and I went up to him and said, can you give me, you're obviously English, said, can you give me your address, just write down for me, and then when I do, when I get back to England, I'll, I'll send you the money, like I'll post it to you or something. So he said, yeah, sure. So he wrote down an address in London. I don't really remember what it was he wrote, but he wrote down some address with a postcode, like a W postcode. Mm-hmm. Um, got on the plane. I remember sitting down, just before I sat down, I could see him at the back of the plane. And he was probably about five rows before the back. And I sat down, had a sleep, woke up in London. It was all fine. When I got off the plane, I thought, I'll just wait for him again on the tarmac. It was a really small plane. At Heathrow, I thought, I'll, I'll just wait for him and I'll thank him again and just be like, mate, I'll send you the money, I promise. And you know, so I waited and waited and I thought, and I saw, and they, they were, I thought they usually open the back door, don't they, to let people off the back of the mm-hmm. plane as well as the front, and they didn't. So I was thinking, well, I got off before him, so I'll just wait. And I waited to the point where the pilots came off and then they shut the doors and I couldn't see him anywhere. So like, that's weird, that's really weird. I couldn't t- tell where he was. I went back into the airport and I thought he left his phone number. I saw him write down his phone number. It was a mobile number on his card. I went and looked in my wallet where I put the card and I put it like in the front pocket of my, of my wallet and that wasn't there either. 
Hmm. It's really odd. And I keep telling people and they're like, no, there's, there's something. But honestly, that happened. It was really strange. I never saw that man again and that card disappeared from my wallet. Think about that. The man from Torred. <laughs> <laughs> the man from Torred returns. <laughs> Where was you? Monputu. Yeah, I was in... Was yeah, that, I was... Did I actually get the name right? Uh, yeah, Monputu, yeah. Wow, I made out. But that guy could have come from Johannesburg, right? The man from Monputu. Because it was the next day. Wasn't yeah, he was in. So up. it actually happened in Johannesburg. Yeah, because I missed my collecting connecting point. Wow. Have you heard of the Overton Overtown Overton Bridge in Scotland? No. Mm-mm. Okay. This is kind of weird. This is a funny little thing. I've read it a few times. Now this is um, the bridge where all the dogs kill themselves. Oh, you told me about this. I've heard of this. I've yeah. heard of this. Um, first recorded around the 1950s and 60s um, in 50 years more than 50 dogs jumped to their death from the same location on the same bridge um, um, in some cases the dog survived the fall recuperated got back up and jumped off again really? yeah what? yeah How, always what? the same place always the same side of the bridge how high is this bridge? I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's a bridge. Um, now, there's um, three theories, main theories, as to why this happens. Now, the first is simple. It's haunted. Right? All right. And this is weird. This is also to do with the fact that it's haunted. This is why some people think that. In 1994, a man went to the same place and threw his baby from the bridge to its death claiming it was the Antichrist. He then returned and killed himself later. Huh. Jumping from the same place. So that happened before the dogs started? No, that was, oh, that was in 1994. Oh, right. The first recording of the dogs is in the early 60s, I think. That was in 1994? The guy killed himself, yeah, and he chucked the baby down. So it was after the dogs? Yeah, way under. The dogs still happens to this day. Why do people keep still walking their dogs there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently a psychic went there one time. Um, now, I'm not going to get into what I think about psychics on this episode. But anyway, she took her dog there and she had her dog on the lead. And she was like, oh, I could definitely feel it pulling at the lead. And it felt really weird there. Um, okay, another theory is, um, and now I'm going to credit uh, slightlywarped.com for this description. Uh, where I read about the dog bridge to get a bit more information on it. Now, they uh, it's something that people refer to as a thin place, which is something from Celtic belief. And is what it says. Um, a thin place is where the barrier between the world of the living and the world of the dead meet and sometimes cross over. Some believe that dogs are more sensitive to the paranormal and perhaps they are getting spooked by spirits. And, that's, and then it says about the psychic, talking and walking a dog then. Um, so that's so either haunted thin place and the other one which is the logical reason mm-hmm. is the high mink population right right which I can go for right, okay. apart from the fact that more than 50 dogs jumped off there <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. you get an odd like oh a dog chased a mink off a bridge <laughs> I just don't see how that is the answer <laughs> when it's 50 dogs on 50 different more than 50 over the course of 50 years probably more by now Jumping off the same bridge in the same place. Is they're chasing me? 
Because they're chasing minks. Can I just say the bridge was 50 feet high, 15 metres. Whoa. Oh, yeah, that so that's quite high. Mr. Research. It's probably... High bridge to well, jump a house off is generally mink. about 30 feet. <clears throat> so that's, yeah, 20 feet higher than a house. It's like three-story house. So that's just a bit of a weird story. It's quite, like, famous. It's in Scotland. Well, so... Mm. It says here also the breeds are often long snouts. Yeah, collies normally. Collies. Yeah. And so the the owners just come back and say, "Oh, Lassie jumps off the bridge and killed herself." <laughs> yeah, apparently it's so sort of like commonplace in that town. People know it happens there. They have like <laughs> nicknames for it. Like the you know the ones that some of them jump down and like don't die and then get back up and do it again. They call them second timers. Right. Oh, we had a second timer today. Really? Yeah. So it happens that frequently and they've got like well, language for it. If it's at least 50 times in 50 years, that's, that's more than one a year. Yeah. So So how so I'm guessing this is happening. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture this in my head. I'm guessing this is happening because owners are just letting their dogs run off like without a lead. Yeah, I guess so. Unless the, or are they the, that desperate that they're just dragging themselves out of their owner's clutches? And... No, I, don't, I haven't read anything about the dog pulling the owner down with That's that, really weird. I was trying to see if there'd be any, because I know dogs can hear like high-pitched, yeah. ultra-sound. You think there's a dog whistle in the bush? Yeah? Well, I don't know. Maybe, I, oh, like, maybe it's someone who like runs the town, likes the, um, like the mayor of Overton. Likes to publicity. Yeah, he likes to publicity. Oh. He sits down there all yeah. fucking day, <laughs> luring dogs to their death. Like he's yeah, he's sick of Loch Ness and <laughs> Loch Ness getting all the credit. He's like, oh, he okay. wants the Overton thin place. Yeah, yeah. Here's That's a weird addition to the mink theory. Actually, the mink, uh, a, a local hunter, a fifty-year resident of the area, said that there's no mink around here. I can tell you that with absolute certainty. Ooh. Really? But the mink, uh, the original—he's the guy who's down there with the fucking whistle. Mink theory is that uh, in a test, the odors from these animals were spread around an open field. Ten dogs were unleashed, representing the most common breeds that jumped off the bridge. Of the dogs tested, only two showed no interest in any of the scents, while nearly all the others made straight for the mink scent, mm. which uh, concluded that uh, the potent odor from the male mink urine was possibly luring keen-nosed dogs to their death. Mm. Followed by the fact that the John Joyce, fifty-year resident, said there's no mink around. So yeah, I know this. Um, I've got to apologise to the listeners because, like, just before we start recording, we're talking about how pictures just aren't going to translate at all. But I've got to show you guys these pictures. I right. Google imaged Overtown Bridge, and look how horrible it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like really gothic, horrible. It's like um. If you play like Skyrim, it's <laughs> like if you go up to Winterhold to the college, it's like the bridge there. It's horrible. Yeah. It looks like the bridge that the Billy Goats grew up. Yeah, maybe a troll <laughs> is like playing one of those whistles that only dogs can hear. He feasts on dogs. Hmm. Please that's, keep that's your weird. dog on a leash. Dangerous bridge. The sign that's next to the bridge. <laughs> really? Is that official yeah, sign? Yeah, official them? sign. Brilliant. Um, I liked that one. That was a good one. You like that one? Yeah. Okay, I've got a few stories today because, like I say, we haven't got themes, so I've just pulled out a couple of weird stories. They're all ones I've heard of before but looked up in more detail. Um, a couple of them I haven't really got much information, just a couple of brief stories. Um, I'll bring one of them up now. This is about. Here we go. 
something known as, um, referred to as the children, which is creepy already because anything involved with oh, kids is creepy, kids right? is horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. One night in the 90s, I'm reading this from viralnova.com, and this is the only information. I actually only discovered this one today. So, one night in the 90s, journalist Brian Bethel was parked outside of a movie theatre when he was approached by two children. The kids were around 10 years of age, but Bethel somehow experienced a fear unlike any other in their presence. The children said they wanted to see a particular movie, but they left their money at home. They asked Bethel if they could have a ride home. Still gripped with fear, he refused and started his car. The kids' eyes turned jet black. They told him that they couldn't get in his car unless he invited them. But Brian drove away. He wrote about the experience on an online blog, and ever since, people from all over the world have shared their own experiences, also with what is referred to as the children. Wow. <laughs> That's horrible. It's horrible, isn't it? I hate this picture that they put with it, because it's obviously just like a Photoshop job. But yeah. it's still very off-putting. Every time I open that tab, I'm like, oh yeah, that again. Yeah. Um, and that's the only information. I literally read that just today, this afternoon. The children. I found yeah. that, I thought that was really creepy. It's really creepy. <laughs> that is really horrible. I've not had that before. No, I've never had that. That was, today was my first, um, exposure to the children. See, it is horrible. Um, and and I can't I I didn't I didn't do any I've I've never done any kind of drugs or anything. But I often think when you see stuff like that, you like because <laughs> let's be like the, they're not saying anything out of the ordinary by saying, "Well, we can't get in your car unless." That is a bit weird, but it's not that weird. Mm. I don't know. Maybe he's like. It's just uh, it's weird that he was like um, even before they said anything. Like when those kids came up to him, he was just like. Overcome by overcome fear. Overcome by like a hideous fear instantly, like a weird feeling. What was his name? Um, it wasn't really thinking it was Brian Blessed. <laughs> Brian Blessed. It was, um, Brian Bethel. You looking it up? Yeah, I just. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got him. Oh, God, he looks a bit like me if I put on a bit of weight and have <laughs> different coloured hair and different coloured beard. Anyway, sorry, carry on. And that, that's all I had over that. That was just a weird, a short little weird story I read today. He's got a website. Has he? Yeah. Is it thechildren.com? Believe no, the children. No, it's brianbethel.com. All oh, right. Is it about the paranormal and the supernatural? <laughs> it says brianbethel.com, and then the subheading is musings by a strange little man. <laughs> well, we just read one of them. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of them weird sort of little ones where I don't have much information, just a weird, interesting thing I read. Today, um, this is another one. The Methuen Water Demon. Now, house hauntings are usually just the result of an overactive imagination. But the strange case of the Methuen Water Demon can't be waved away so easily. This is from mandatory.com. In October 1963, a man named Francis Martin noticed a spot of moisture on his den wall. He investigated it and a spray of ice-cold water emitted from the wall for about 20 seconds before stopping. Over the next few weeks, this phenomenon repeated itself all over the house, ruining their furniture. The family fled the domicile and temporarily moved in at Mr. Martin's mother-in-law's house, only to have the weird water phenomenon happen there as well. They returned home and the water spouts gradually tapered off and stopped, but no one is able to offer an explanation for this. So... It doesn't say anything about other than them, other than 
ruining their furniture <laughs> and then getting a bit annoyed. It doesn't <laughs> say like anything that like nothing else weird happened. Like although it followed them around, I suppose. No, I didn't research this one. I, li- I just read this paragraph and um, I just thought it was weird. Like in the bathroom, he's sitting on the toilet and a bit of water sprays off him, which comes away from the wall. Oh, so it happened first when he was in the toilet? Uh, I don't know, but in the picture it looks like it. I'll show you the picture. This is what it looked like coming away from the wall. The drops coming away from the wall. Right, okay. Right, yeah. Right. So I would be like, oh, okay, if that happened when he's sitting on the car, see? He's got a plumbing problem, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's coming out of his sofa and stuff, and then following into his mother's house, that makes it a bit more strange. That looks like a leak. To me, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him a lot in houses. Looks yeah, like I, that is weird. A leak, a leak. But I really Alex, don't know what ex- to make explain. of that. Explained. It's done. It's a leak. <laughs> <laughs> Tales of the explained. Uh, let me give you a bit more of a meaty one. This one's um. Oh, I want to say that. Like that. Okay, have you ever heard of the Pollock twins? The Pollock twins. Yeah. I've heard of Jackson Pollock. No, it's not him. Okay. This is very strange. Oh, I'm scared already. Now, um, two girls, actually three girls, uh, were killed in a car accident. And two of them were sisters, and it was also their friend. But the two sisters, they were aged six and eleven. And they were killed in a car accident. And they were killed instantly in a car accident. Um, Jacqueline and Joanna Pollock. Uh, One year later, their mother gave birth to twins that shared the same exact birthmarks in the same places as the two girls that died, and also where the other girls had, like, a scar from, like, a bike accident and stuff like that, they had, like, a white line on their skin in the same places. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, the father was a devout Catholic whose views completely opposed reincarnation, but was convinced that this was proof of reincarnation. Um, they moved house and one day they drove past um, what was the girls' school, the girls that died and the two young girls from the back of the car referred to it as their school on the way past there's our school Mm. creepy Mm. so the family got some of the girls' old possessions from when they were alive and showed them to the two girls they then went on to say the names of the different, like, teddy bears and toys and stuff that the parents showed them. Mm. Okay? Uh, also, the mother noticed them playing strange games around the house, um, such as laying on the floor with one's head on the other one, saying that blood was coming out of her eye because that's where the car struck her. Oh. Right? Yeah. One day, uh, one of the girls also started screaming at a car parked up uh, that was just ticking over. And as quote as to saying, the car is coming to get us. At the age of five, this stopped and they went on to live normal lives. Hmm. That sounds like a Stephen King novel. <laughs> it does. It's like The Shining too. Wow. Hmm. Very strange. I've not seen The Shining before. You've not seen The Shining? No. Mate, you'd love The Shining. Yeah, mm. I do need to see it. You're watching Kubrick films right now, aren't you? Yeah. Here you go. That's one that... to watch. That is odd, isn't it? Because if it happened for like a while, mm. and, it happened, and so the mum spotted like the scars and things, mm. 
could be like one of those things like where her mind was playing tricks on her because she was so attached and like it was obviously such a traumatic experience that she went through to begin with mm. that she wanted it so much. I don't know. But then really, it stopped right? when she. So they were killed when they were five, weren't they? You no, the, the the girls weren't. The original girls weren't twins. Oh, no. One was six and one was eleven. Well, oh, they're okay. Yeah. Mm. Where was this? I don't actually know where this was. Let me just see if it says. Um, Probably America. I read this on a website called realunexplainedmysteries.com. Oh, hang on. Yeah, it um, says it was. Oh, in they're Hexham. from Hexham, England. Yeah. Are you on the same website as me? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Hexham, England. So that's actually a UK one. Mm. Now, some people um, have said that it's... Well, the parents said they never told them about what happened to their sisters, any of this. That they didn't know about a car crash. They just started saying about it. But some people were saying, like, almost like the parents told them, like, made this stuff up mm. to... I don't know. People do it to gain some sort of notoriety or popularity, get a weird story out there. And that the reason that it stopped when they were five is because that's when the kids were old enough to be like, I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think it could also be, like Beef said, the parents twisting things that they've said. Yeah. Making significance. their own narrative yeah. of what's happening. Because it's traumatic, losing two daughters. Yeah. So you'd... I mean, even apparently, they didn't tell you this, before they were even born, um, when the, the mother fell pregnant, the doctor said, oh yeah, you're expecting a child. And the dad was adamant it was twins. He was like, it's two. It's two. And even before they were born, he was like, it's our girls. It's our two girls again. So I think, by the sounds mm. of that, I feel like he's very distressed about it all still, definitely. Yeah. yeah. As you would be. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, as soon as it's like she's pregnant, he's saying it's them and he's yeah. going against his beliefs. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I suppose you wouldn't know what was going on inside his head and what he was experiencing. Because mm-hmm. he would have been, as a Catholic, he'd have been really struggling with... Like it would have been really messing with his head because like, I don't know. Like on one side, he might he might want it to so desperately be his his two daughters that were killed, and then he'd also be wrestling with the idea that, oh, okay, maybe those scars they that's weird. They were right, you know. Mm. So I don't know, but then it is weird that they stopped when they were five. Like you say, mm. they're old enough to like no. What about the birthmarks? Are they still there? Yeah, I'd imagine birthmark will stay there for life, won't it? The is marks. a birthmark's genetic? Is there anything genetic in birth? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about birthmarks. Do you have any birthmarks? Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Your face is looking <laughs> right at me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any birthmarks? No. Um, I have a small, like, white dot almost on the side of me. But my brother has a small white dot on the side of him in the same place. Really? So... Mini Bob. He's a twin as well. And he's a twin. Freaky. So by that, if you say you had passed away. Yeah, they might be like. Alf or. Bob's back. Alf, it's yeah. Danny who's funny. Danny. So Danny could be Bobby. Mini Bobby. Bob's back. But situations weren't the you same. You got it. Yeah. Sweet. So that's the Pollock twins. Interesting. Um. um 
like I say, this week we haven't got like meaty topics. They're just like some weird stories that will be like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. But um, in the weeks to come, we have um, a lot more. Just flick my page to my notes. Yeah. Um, other like uh, obviously paranormal sightings and ghost sightings, and we would love um, to go on some sort of ghost hunting. Thing. I'm not a believer, but I just I love the stories and I want to go along and yeah, make me be like, well, I can't explain that. Yeah, because yeah. I'll go with it. I'll go along. I won't be looking for an explanation every and um, damning every bit of evidence there is. Yeah, I'm willing to go along. But we'll be talking about that and um, extraterrestrial things. Uh, Beef's got some very interesting um, stories from Mozambique. Which will that's next week's show, right? That's next. We're pretty. Week's we haven't heard them. Yeah, I can't um, wait for them. Next week is all yeah. about Mozambique. Mm, or whenever, good ones. Whenever we can record. <clears throat> so um, from now, let me just tell you another one. I like this one. Have you ever heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident? No. Dyatlov. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Dyatlov. It's Russian, I think. Um, I should really know that <laughs> where it is. <laughs> but anyway, in February 1959. Nine cross-country skiers were on an expedition, mm-hmm. and they were camping on the side of this mountain. Yeah. Okay? Now, they were found um, frozen solid with skull trauma, and one of them even had a missing tongue mm. not far from their tent. These are mountaineers. They were cross-country skiers. Now, the weird thing is they found their tents. They, no one's ever worked out what happened to these people. They found their tents, and they had been ripped open. From the inside, like they had cut themselves free in a panic from the inside of the tent and run half naked, not even time to get dressed. There's like barefoot footprints away from it and stuff uh, into the nearby forest where they started dying of hypothermia and stuff because they're like, some of them were just in their underwear. And then like some of them started like wrapping themselves up in the clothes of the ones that were dying and stuff like around their feet. They were found like dead with like some of people's trousers around their feet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were found, yeah, um, so a couple of them had, a lot of them died died of hypothermia, a couple of them died of, like, head trauma, and, like I say, one was even missing a tongue in the whole mouth cavity. Right. Okay? It was about minus 15 to 24 degrees outside. Yeah. Wow. And no one knows what caused them to flee from their tent in such a panic, because the tents, other than being, like, cut open looked like it was cut open with knives from the inside, were completely, like, untouched. It's not like they were ravaged by anything. Yeah. They were, like, just as they were left. Wow. And they, like I say, within, within hours, they were all dead. Um, and some of them even had traces of radiation on them. Wow. Really? Mm. Where was this? Russia. Huh. When? What, what year? Sorry. February 1959. Okay. So it's not as if... I don't know. I don't know what equipment you'd use to, like, you would be able to measure radiation. I don't know if you can. Like, they, it's not even like they just unzipped their tent and got out. They were like ripping themselves out of their tents. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's really weird, isn't it? Like, what went down? And the radiation. Yeah, there was traces of radiation on. I think it was only on about two or three of them. I really don't know what to make of that. There's, there's so much going on. Mm. Like like you say, what what is it? That, all three of them as well. There was nine of them. Oh, there's nine. Sorry, nine. Yeah. 
to all of them to be able to, to, to do that, to flee that quickly. Um, I've got the cause of death for them here. One, two, three, four, five died of hypothermia. One from fatal injuries and hypothermia, and then it says severely crushed skull. Uh, one from fatal injuries and hypothermia, missing tongue and oral cavities with many broken ribs and a trace of radiation. Um, another one from fatal injuries and hypothermia with many broken ribs and a trace of radiation. And another one of just hypothermia. The... A lot of them were like barefoot, wearing only underclothes. It says what each of them were wearing. A couple of them had more clothes on. Uh, like I say, some of them had other people's clothes wrapped around them. That is the the tongue, the missing tongue. That's the thing that makes it weird, right? It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> the other stuff is like, well, yeah, if you went out in they weren't minus all together. Degrees. When they were found, they weren't all together. So, is there any evidence that maybe they went out at different times of the night? Um, it, all for, it looks like they all left at the same time, and then three of them. Uh, two of them were found on the forest edge under a pine tree. Three of them were between the forest and the campsite. People say it's like they were they were so cold they were returning back to the tent, and they died on the way back of hypothermia because it was so it was so cold out there. Um, but the thing is, they it was not like where they were. Something made them because it, they, apparently there was evidence of like they'd set up a fire somewhere as well to keep warm where they fled to. Really, it's like something was. Terrifying them so much that they couldn't, couldn't even go to back. The tent. Yeah, and when three of them tried to, they died of hypothermia on the walk back anyway. Wow. I'd like to know where the radiation. That's weird as well. Was. Only two of them had traces of radiation. Very odd. Right. A lot of people put it down to like an abduction thing or extraterrestrial meddling. I don't know what to make of that. I just think it's a weird story. Yeah. It's uh, like when you when you like I don't know. Is the stories like that that they're so unexplainable that you have to start accepting the weird like, yeah. answers for it because I can't I don't know why that would happen. If it was one person, you'd put it down to a nightmare or maybe they heard a noise outside. Mm-hmm. But if it happened to nine people I just the idea of being in that state of fear in that situation it scares me to think about the idea that I would be somewhere like that, that cold and still be like, fuck this, I've got to get out of here. I'm like cutting myself out half naked mm. to run away. Yeah. That sort of fear is undescribable. Mm. Have you ever been that scared before? Like, and like, and people describe being gripped by fear. Have I really ever felt and like you can't, you're like paralysed because you're so scared? Um, I'm not sure. I have a couple of strange... Um, like I feel like everyone either has or knows someone that has a strange, weird, sort of ghosty story. Mm. And I have a few of them, but I debunk myself on them. Like, oh, I must have been imagining it when I think back. Or, well, I don't know, maybe it was like that when I left it. I just couldn't remember leaving it like that. And I try and convince myself the most logical reason. Right. But other times, on every one of those events, I've been very scared at the time of the event. I don't, I don't know if I would be like, par- I don't think I was paralysed in fear. Though. Tess? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, but I remember being paralysed by fear, where you just like can't even like, move. Yeah, and then yeah, not for long. Probably when I was a kid, do with ghosts. 
Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. happened to me a couple of times at night. And I won't be having nightmares or anything. But I just wake up and I don't know why. And I can't, I can't figure it out. But I'm like absolutely terrified. Mm. And I can't, and I'm scared to move. I'm scared. And it's like, it feels weird. It feels like something around, around your bed. And you sort of, it happened to me a few months ago and you just, I had to just lay there. And then eventually I kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I just kind of convinced myself that I was being quite stupid. I don't know. Mm. But it's really weird. Fear is a very strange thing. Like you can feel fear for no reason. Like you can just um, come over you. Like if I'm standing, it's, it's just the basic stuff. It's always like, your imagination. Like, you can be standing in the kitchen at night doing the washing up on your own and all of a sudden you're like, this is weird. Like, you have a weird fear, feeling for no reason. Mm. I th- yeah, I think people with... It's normally people that are, like, creative or people with hyper, hyperactive imaginations mm. that, that have this sort of stuff. Mm. I always find it hard to I think this has got to be the same for everyone, right? When it's late at night, looking out of a window is horrible. Yeah. And looking yeah. in a mirror is horrible. Uh at night. Yeah. If it's dark, not even not like you're in the bathroom with the light on doing something in the mirror, but like it's dark and maybe there's a mirror in the hallway and you're walking past it. Catching a mirror in the corner of my eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. It's horrible. The other thing that's really horrible, um and I don't know if anyone else, or if this is just me, but another thing I find a bit creepy at night is if you leave, like, your wardrobe open mm-hmm. or a door slightly ajar or something. I like to have everything everything shut because then if I'm looking at this black space that mm. I know is my wardrobe... Yeah, exactly. You're looking at it, you're like, oh. But for me, the looking out the window thing, I can pinpoint that to exactly where I got that fear from as a kid. All right. I thought you were going to say my mum's house then. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> No, no, no. It was uh, it was from reading the BFG. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember reading, and Roald Dahl was also always so good for me at making, at creating. Although he had the illustrations, he could always write in such a way that he'd create the image in your head. You'd be able to almost play everything through mm. like a film. And I remember really vividly in the the BFG where he's talking about the the massive giants, like yeah. the giant giants. Well, they called like. Oh, they've all got different names, haven't they? Yeah. I can't remember what they're, they're like called. Like, they're like Crosby, and Fart the, Bum and stuff like that. <laughs> fart Bum is one, yeah. <laughs> and like they, and I remember being a kid and like and reading about these giants reaching into kids' bedrooms and then snatching them and eating them and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, and yeah, and I had a really horrible dream when I was a kid as well. Of um, I was like, I was in my grandparents' house and then there was Mrs. Twit, and I always <laughs> thought the Twits looked a bit creepy, and in the dream I couldn't. It was really horrible, I can't explain it. But yeah, it rolled out a lot for me when I was a kid. That window thing for me is definitely in my mum's house. Like, you've both been to my mum's house, and she lives in Cumbria. And that house is just a creepy, weird old house, sort of very in the middle of nowhere. And I lived there for a few years, and um, just something about that house, all my scariest memories of things happening inside that house... And, yeah, I can't look out the window there still. I visit my mum now, and I still can't look out the windows there. It's just a creepy, weird house. And she has, like I said about the mirror in the hallway, she has a mirror in one of her hallways, which is opposite a window. 
Well, so if you, uh, whenever, and the light doesn't even fears. work in that hallway. So if you haven't turned the light on and you've got to walk from the other end where the light switch isn't, you've got to walk through that hallway in the dark to get to the light switch. And you've got the moonlight coming through. And I just always walk in a straight line because at one of my eyes I'm going to see the mirror and a weird reflection, which is actually going to reflect what's going on out the window anyway. Which is probably and, nothing. Yeah, but, yeah. And then the other side, you've got the window itself, which is overlooking some weird empty field in the middle of nowhere. And it's just fucking, it's creepy. <laughs> it's really yeah. creepy. I think for you, like just um, just for people listening, to describe your mum's house, any kind of, not really so much in America, but any kind of English horror film setting is like your mum's house. Yeah. It's, so where she lives is what, 16 miles away from Carlisle? Or um, any kind least. of... I think it's like 16 miles from Brampton. Brampton, which is like, like yeah. So she's so far away, and you just you can imagine it being the story of all. Like that's where the the dog suicide bridge would be. Yeah, even when you come to a house, it's like uh, miles and miles of nothing, and you come up this big long hill, and just as you crest the top of the hill, it's like the house (laughs) just over the hill. It's a weird, creepy house. I don't know why she lives there. It is hot. It's (laughs) yeah. It is horrible. But have you got give give. Give us just one one of the memories you've got as a kid. You know what? I, I, or part of me wants to save, yeah. Oh, I feel like we should okay. do one week where it's like our own personal stories. That's a good idea. And I don't want to blow it on week one. Okay. And, you know, we always want to try and get some more people in. If we can get any friends or people um, who have any of their own weird sort of unexplained ghost stories, we'd love to get them on and share them on here as well. And as a listener, if you have any... Um, unexplained stories or want to reach out to us or a ghost hunter or anything weird or you've heard of anything weird, anything like that, you can contact us at um, unexplainableuk at mail.com <laughs> Okay, who's up for another weird story? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Omega. Go on. Okay. Um, what have I got here? Tamam Shud. Shud? Shud? I don't know how it's pronounced. Um... Got notes on that in here. Okay, Tamam Shud, S H U D, T A M A M S H U D, Tamam Shud. Now, in December 1948, um, Somerton Bridge in Adelaide, Australia, yeah, yeah, a man is found dead. Okay, he's never been identified. Now, he had a tiny piece of paper found on him in a hidden pocket that was sewn into his trousers. Huh. And on that bit of paper, it said, Tamam Shad, um, which they looked up and it translates to finished or ended. Whoa. Now, the phrase is used in the last page of a collection of poems uh, by Omar Khayyam called the Rubaiyat. And a copy of that book was later found with scribbled code um, and was believed to have been left by the dead man. To this day, the case is still unsolved and the man has never been identified. What? So we don't know what language that was translated from? Yeah, we do. Um, I don't know, actually. Sorry, it's uh, from the Rubaiyat. All right. Do you want me to have a look? When I heard... I think I've heard that story before. Have you? It's quite famous. That scrap of paper, uh, I don't know if that's true or whether I just remembered it wrong. But I'm pretty sure that scrap of paper was ripped from that book they found. Oh, really? And written on that 
paper from the book, then torn. Well, torn, torn from that back page. I haven't, and, and that was the story was... I read. That, yeah, that might be the case. Oh, I'm glad I've said one that you've heard of before. Yeah, I, I thought you'd have like, known a few of these. Because uh, these are very famous ones I'm bringing up now. Was there anything it's unusual? Persian. Persian. Mm. Is there anything unusual about his death? Like any, he was just dead. He was just dead. There was yeah. no nothing on his um, body, or I can't find anything here that actually suggests what was the cause of his death. That's weird. Yeah. That makes it weirder, I think. Mm. The fact that no one knows who he is, well, like he's never been identified. It's such a weird thing to find on a dead body, but then to be like, no one knows who he is. It's kind of weird, because it's yeah. such a famous case, because you think by now someone would have been like, oh yeah, that's my granddad. Yeah. Like, someone recognised him. Like, there's pictures of him all over the internet. You type it in, there's a picture of that guy's face. And no one knows who he is. No one knows who he is. Ident- unidentified guy. Is it a young guy or an old guy? Can we show you a picture of Tamam? Like, I refer to him Hang as on, Tamam Shad. Um... Yeah. Type it in, you'll see him. I'll Google it. Um, so it's T-A-M-A-M-S-H-U-D. Oh, it's come up immediately. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's just... He's just dead. He's just... Yeah. yeah, there's no... That's really, really strange. And the writing's weird as well, isn't it? It's yeah. It's a really strange font. Yeah. We're looking at the Tamam Shurd guy. This is him. Wow. He's a weird-looking guy as well. Very weird. He looks like um, he's... he looks like his face is going to open. There's a little alien controlling him yeah. inside, not in black. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect. <laughs> but then you do get that, I suppose. Every now and then you do get like um, people in, and you know, he may have just had a really unfortunate life. Maybe his parents died when he was young. Maybe he never got married, never had kids. Mm. And in Australia, like it is, people are very sporadically like it's not to like close knit communities. Like maybe he, but then if it went on to like became national, I don't know. Maybe you'd have thought people would have seen his picture and gone, "Oh, that's Fred." There's quite a few strange stories from Australia. Well, bit. Yeah. Mm. Got some I mean, I some are you leading into that. something? No, no, I, I did see, there is, um, I saw a few stories on the, on the web, but I haven't seen anyone I've written down, because that's probably the most famous. Now, I've got um, one more quick story, uh, and then I'll talk about something else. Okay. Uh, this is just a short one, like like the other ones I said earlier, like the water demon and the, the children. It's just sort of a quick one I read today. Tamam Shud is on Facebook. Okay, this is weird. The Green Children of Morpit. There are dozens of stories throughout antiquity of mysterious semi-human beings appearing from out of nowhere, but few are quite as bizarre as the Green Children of Morpit. This is also from Mandatory.com, where I got on the ones earlier. Um, at some point in the 12th century, a pair of siblings, brother and sister, wandered into the Suffolk village of Walpit. That made them instantly note. What made them instantly notable was their skin which was an unhealthy colour of green. The pair could not speak English, wore strange clothing and rejected all food except for uncooked beans, which they ate voraciously. Over time, the children lost their unusual colour and adapted to a more varied diet, but no explanation has ever been given for where they came from. That's just... <laughs> I feel like you've made that up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I haven't got a picture. Uh. 
Because it, um, it was sometime in the 12th century. So this is like old, old oh, folklore right. passed on. Sounds like Chinese whispers. Well, that's what a lot of these stories are. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. That's, that's too... I don't know, because it's so, because it's so old. It's like hundreds of years old. Yeah, it's almost like them stories of like fairies or imps in the garden, and you're like, yeah. Did someone's grandmother tell you that? <laughs> yeah, you're talking out your ass again. <laughs> no offense to anyone who's a, a great believer in the green children of Woolpit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's just a, another quick strange one. Um, now, Luke Beef. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to you earlier about the Siberian drilling to hell thing. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is odd. And so, actually terrifying. A geological group in Siberia dug a hole that was nine miles deep, not 14. I've got it in here. Nine miles deep. Now, the temperature inside at the bottom of here was around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 1,090 degrees centigrade. Centigrade. And what they claim they heard at the bottom of this pit um, was the sounds of hell itself. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Not really, but go on. That. How did they record it? Uh, Someone went, hang on, I'm going to get my iPhone. No, I guess they sent a microphone down there, because I think one of the guys... Did they keep it open for a while, I suppose, and they just... I don't know. Anyway, okay. Um, that's horrible. That was really unsettling to listen to. I don't yeah. know what you thought, Tish, but that was horrible. What do you think, Tish? Your face is completely... Um, i to listen to it again. This is from um, the YouTube page I'm uh, playing it from. And how long ago which is was Pixel it? Pixel 3. Um, I don't know when it was. It's really, at first, it kind of, it didn't really sound like very much. And then it was like the most, if you listen to it carefully, you can hear it, it was like almost like a man chanting or like, yeah. You could definitely hear a female scream. You can hear it, it like, yeah. Yeah. I can hear like a... Well, it sounds very much like a female scream. I can hear like a deep male sort of chanting. Yeah. I think I, it was in 1990. Oh, so quite recent. That's really freaky. I think it was in 1990. Um, and what it says on this thing, um, a group um, who drilled a, drilled a hole around 14.4 kilometres deep in the crust of the earth are saying that they heard uh, human screaming. Warning, I warn you in advance that the sounds are very disturbing and not for children. Definitely not. Um, the incident was absolutely unreal. The Soviets cried out in terror, says Mr. Numadal. Numadal. Later that night, he saw ambulance crews circulate in the community. A driver he knew told him 
that they had been told to sedate everybody with a medication known to erase short-term memory. The Soviets used this drug in the treatment of shock. It says, God does exist and hell is waiting. This is only the gates before hell. That's what the guy who wrote, who this is on the clip I'm, I've played from. But this is a very famous recording. Hmm. See, now I've um, I googled it. Mm-hmm. And the, the first... This is where you're going to tell me it's a hoax. No, no, no. Um... I'm going to have to do a bit of research on this right. over the next week or so because the first website it took me to is a website called theologicalscribbles.blogspot.co.uk. So it is a blog. Right. So I'd have to find out who this guy is, where he's from, like where he's got his uh, like theology from. But it's, it's interesting that it takes me immediately to theology. It takes me immediately to like the Bible, God, the devil. And Booth studies theology. This is what he does for people listening. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, that really that really interests me. There's loads of stuff on it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. When you um, when you first listened to it, were you on your own, like at home, or something? Yeah, I I listened to it um about a year ago, probably the first time I'd heard it, and it was very unsettling. It is really unsettling because I always listen to it on headphones as well. Because I'd imagine. In a way, it would be scarier if it was really quiet when they were listening to it. If it was really loud and it was like really, you'd feel like they were close. But hmm. that's and you can't, you can't. Yeah, that's really unexplainable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Keep keep going. But um, I've come on to something. It says geologists solved the mystery of Siberian crater. Oh, this is what I was going to come to. Oh, is it? It was confirmed as a hoax. Oh. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I only found out it was a hoax today and I was absolutely gutted. I really loved this. I'd heard this clip a couple of times and I found it so... I blew my mind and I read today that it was confirmed as a hoax. Oh. In 2002, it was confirmed as a hoax. Um, it's uh, made of looped effects and even includes clips from a film called Barren Blood. Hmm. So, so I was gonna I was gonna tell you next week. Uh, <laughs> how did they get the heat though? Um, I don't know. I don't know if one of the guys doing it was hoaxing it himself. I think one of the guys who was actually involved in it was hoaxing. So the Siberian dig actually happened. Yeah, and the heat was. I don't know if the heat's true. I just I know. I think one of the people who was involved in the dig was. Also involved in but the core of the earth the is super hot, yeah. But they weren't at the core, they were like nine miles down. Mm. It looks as if they, they reckon that it may have, um, it may have had something to do with like the, a gas leak in the air as well that might have had oh, something right. to do with the heat, yeah. That's really, I'm really uh, disappointed. I wanted to play a scary clip, and I'm sorry it was a hoax. I've had better ones other times. Mm. Um, I, I only played that this week because we'd already talked about it the other day, yeah, and I wanted you to hear it. As I did before, I knew it was a hoax. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I do want to try and bring a weird sound every week. If I'm honest, listening to it, I kind of you were suspected. Yeah, yeah. The first time I heard it, it blew my mind. I think there's a lot more believable ways they could have done it. Now, something I want to do once a week. Yeah. Is um, like I said earlier, everyone either has or knows someone that has. A ghost story. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone has these weird little things. A lot often like a tri- 
trick of the mind or trick of the light or whatever within the house. It makes them feel creepy and then they get scared and they've got their own ghost story. And um, there are hundreds of these out there. So many. When I looked, so, so many. Yeah. Every month there are like hundreds put online. That there is easily enough for me to do um, one little ghost story every week that I found online that someone wrote. Mm-hmm. So these are just people's personal accounts. There's no disproving or proving them. That's just what the person themselves. Yeah, you can't. Thought, you can't do it, can you? Thought yeah, they yeah, saw. Okay. Now I've got four here, but I'm going to read one of them. I'll let you guys choose which one uh, by the title. And these are all from um, paranormal.about.com. These four. One is called The Dark Thing. One is called Cottage Poltergeist. One is called Ghost's Terrible Threat. And one is called uh, The Thing That Came Down the Stairs. I'd have to go between the last two. I'm intrigued by the 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 ghost with the terrible threat. Like, is it a terrible threat as in it's horrible, or is it? Oh, that's <laughs> that's a terrible threat. If <laughs> you do that, ghosts I'm going to give threat. you loads of <laughs> and the ghost that fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> ghost came down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Although, okay, so you want one and two? You want which one? I don't know. What do you think, Tis? You? Oh, I think the second from the last one. The threat. The ghost terrible threat. Okay, this is quite a short one, but I'll read it. So, um, this was written in January 2006. Um, so, I will never forget this for as long as I live. It happened in 1991 or 92. I know it was around that time because my daughter was celebrating her first Christmas in this house. She wasn't even a year old. My then husband and I moved into this place. We had no furniture or bed. It was a one-bedroom upstairs apartment. His mother finally gave us my daughter's bed and we set it up in the bedroom. My husband and I would sleep on the living room floor and our feet towards the kitchen. Late one night, everybody was sleeping and I woke up feeling as if someone was watching us. I sat up on my elbows with half my body still lying on the floor. I looked into the kitchen and couldn't believe my eyes. There stood a black figure with a real thin, faint white outline. I never heard of a ghost speaking before and you may think I'm crazy, but what? Whatever it was, said, I'm going to take your baby. I think I asked what, and then it spoke again, I'm going to take your baby. All I could think about was my baby in the bedroom. I shook my husband and woke him. I told him to go get Elizabeth and go get her now. Needless to say, she slept with us for a long time, but it never came back. I never saw it again, and a few months later, we moved out. Interesting. Wow. Did her husband see anything when he, he woke up? Asleep, no. But when he went to get the daughter, this is all I've got. Oh, it's just what yeah, it's just her out, her just her, her story. That's our ghost story of the week. Mm. What's the? I know. Is this against your rules? What I'm intrigued about the thing that came down the stairs. I'll do another one this week if you want. You want the thing that came down the stairs? Go on, just because it's <clears> the first week. Right. Yeah. You know what? I'll cap off the episode with it right at the very end. Okay. Because I think that's how I want to do it when I do the ghost story. Like ghost story, and then it leaves you something to think about. Ooh. Good night. Sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> like a real music video. And <laughs> um, they're all the stories I um, put aside. The ones that I knew about and ones I read today. Tamanshire, the Dog Bridge, the Pollock Twins, the Man from Torred, the Children, the Methuen Water Demon, the Woolpit Green Children, 
the Diablo past instant and the drilling to hell sounds. Now, that was week one of just some weird tales. Yep. And next <clears throat> week we are going to talk about, as we said, Beef's travels in Mozambique and the strange things that happened to him there. Can't wait. Um, what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah. Witch Doctor. Witch Doctor. We've heard half the tales. We heard half of one of the tales, and it was enough to um, make me highly anticipate what he's got to tell us next week. Yeah. Some of the other things that we've got to talk about. I think the idea of the podcast is we're going to rotate the host. So obviously I've hosted this one with the other two chipping in. And I'm going to cover more uh, paranormal things. And Tiss is going to cover more... um, well, what did I say? <laughs> extraterrestrial. Oh, extraterrestrial. Yeah, this is going to cover more extraterrestrial things and things like conspiracy theories in with that as well. And Beef is going to cover the more spiritual side of things. Um, now, some of the topics we've got to talk about possibly in the future, um, I think after Beef's Mozambique Tales next week, Tiss is going to do an episode on number stations. Yep. And then in the future, we have things such as possessions, abductions, time loss, cryptozoological sightings, ghost recordings, UFO sightings, uh, strange disappearances that interest me, uh, people who disappear under strange circumstances and are never found. Um, possibly a trip to a haunted house if we can find one that people want to take us to. If anyone is a ghost hunter, knows a ghost hunter, we'd love to hear from you. Um <clears throat> Strange um, stories involving religion. Beef told us one last week as well, which maybe one time on the podcast he'll tell again. Um, conspiracy theories, witchcraft, vampirism, contact with the afterlife, the occult, cults, um, and some uh, dipping into the sort of science which is almost supernatural in nature. It's so abstract it is... Uh, cause you to have an existential crisis. Now, if you want to contact us about any of these things, including uh, for the Ghost Story of the Week feature, we would love to hear your personal ghost stories. I would definitely read them out. Um, it's unexplainableuk at mail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter um, if you want. I'm at Bob Shoy. It's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Uh, at Tissar Wolf. That's T-I-S-S. A-R-E-W-O-L-F I've got no idea what my Twitter one is I think I'm probably at Luke Martin um, Maybe Beef's on Twitter but Beef doesn't use Twitter so add him if you're going to add one of us add Beef <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do use it just not very often um, you are at Martin1Luke okay there you go so there you go any other un- unfathomable curiosities you have to chip into this week before I tell the closing ghost story uh, one thing we are going to look at in the future as well, mm-hmm. I remembered, um, which you've taken note of, uh, which Beef mentioned um, in his experience, is sleep paralysis. Ooh, okay. The mystery yeah. of sleep paralysis and how people see the same ghostly figures in their paralysis what about, around um, the world. What about near-death experiences? Yeah, near-death experiences. Oh, I've got a couple of them. Not from myself, but it's just stuff I've read that's weird. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Fantastic. Here are adding topics all the time. We have content. Something I'm going to cover as well, which kind of treads on that a little bit, is. Um, like, so I'll, I'll go into this a bit more next week, but I'm a Christian. 
uh, and like me and my wife have been for years. So we just like happen to be very heavily involved in the culture. And like I've read stories of people who have actually died and then had like afterlife experiences where they've been able to see their bodies like, on on operating tables and stuff. Mm. Weird stuff like that. Wow, that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. Okay, so you want the thing that came down the stairs? The thing that came the downstairs. Ghost story of the week. <laughs> Thanks. I'm gonna take that, put a ghostly sound effect on it, and use it every week. Thanks very much. You think I'm joking? Ghost story of the week. Ghost story of the week. <laughs> I prefer mine. <laughs> Ghost story of the week. Okay. Thing that came down the stairs. Um, maybe I'll save the other two for next week as well. Then what were my other two? The dark thing and the cottage podcast. Here we go. Thing that came down the stairs. This is also from paranormal.about.com. And this is also recorded from 2006. This happened to me when I was around 11 or 12 years old. I was playing in the basement with my sister, who is two years younger than I, and my three friends. My stairs have a sideways triangle in the middle of them. It's about medium sized and my lights are automatic. So if someone walks down the stairs, the lights turn on. My basement splits into two rooms. So if you go down the stairs, there's a wall directly in front of you and you can either go left, where we'd play, or right, where the laundry machine and other things like our bikes are and such. Well, my sister, three friends and I were playing some sort of shopping game and I was the cashier. I had my back towards the stairs, my friend was in front of me buying something, and my sister was next to her. My other two friends were on the other side of the room, so they really didn't see anything. Well, we saw the light turn on, and like someone was coming down, and I thought it was my grandma coming down to do the laundry, and so I thought nothing of it. My friend was really the only one that actually saw the thing. So she saw a totally black thing. It was like a ghost with a cloth, except his cloth was torn and black, literally fall down the stairs. She said it was big and black. My sister saw it when it came towards the end of the triangle, then it swiftly turned right into the other room with the laundry machine. My sister bravely looked around the corner and saw a hanger swinging like something brushed against it. My sister looked at my friend in shock and they screamed and told me that the others... They told me and the others. And we all got freaked out and screamed and ran upstairs. To this day, we still do not know what it was. That's weird. Hmm. That's horrible. So it was the ghost that fell down the stairs. It was the ghost that fell down the stairs. Yeah, that's why when you said it, I was like, you don't know how right you are. So this Maybe. day, the ghost is still embarrassed about the incident. Yeah, and that's why he ran off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sticking around. <laughs> Pulls yeah. that one up. Do it to the next family. That's why you shouldn't have a basement. Yeah, I feel like creepy stuff always happens in basements. Yeah, I'd never, just for that very reason. Mm-hmm. It's always in horror movies as well, stuff happens in the basement. Yeah. Because there's nowhere to run. Stay out of the basement! Yeah. Did you ever see that? Goosebumps. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. There's a Goosebumps book and TV episode called Stay Out of the Basement. I remember wow. the Goosebumps, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the Goosebumps episodes being like, genuinely terrifying as a child. Yeah, I was scared of them when I was a kid. I loved those scary things when I was a kid, though. There Say the... cheese and die. <laughs> Say cheese and die. Yeah. Was, and, and then Night uh, of the Living Dummy. Yeah. That was scary. Was that, what was the one, was that, was that Night of the Living Dummy where... The guy's walking off at the end, and then his head turns around like 360. Yeah, and it, yeah. like Similar there was a few. I had not of the Living Dummy free on VHS. Oh. <laughs> Coming soon to a cinema near you. 
Um, I did love, like, I'm a real wuss, and I must point this out, all three of us are real wimps. Yeah. 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 When you <clears throat> when you showed me PT trailer, I, could, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I was in a lit room with other people around me, and I couldn't cope with it. I just can't, I haven't got it really. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just interested in these things, but we're terrified of everything. <laughs> we yeah. can't watch um, really horror films. Um... We're just interested in these weird, unexplainable stories. Yeah. So, until next time... Have we got a sign-off? No. There must be something... Until next time, stay out of the basement. <laughs> I like that. Keeping it. Doesn't even make sense. Until next time, stay out of the basement. Don't go to Torred. <laughs> until next time, watch the skies. Until next time, don't walk your dog near the fucking bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. And just leave it. So it sounds like we've been killed or something. And just cut it. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.